Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. You know, the accident, what, what it did was it gave me a book, right? Because it changed my life. And it gave me an opportunity um, to be more directive, directed on what God chooses me to be. Like, you know, what I learned in that process was I no longer um, um, wanted to waste my time. And mm. waste my time is, you know, pouring into people of no value. Wasting your time and, you know, whether it's, you know, spending time uh, watching TV, you know, whether it's chatting on the phone, whether it's swiping left or right, right? Um, because all I had was time, 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 time. Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. Wow Black family. We in here once again. This is your man, Art. What's good, family? This is Vince with you. Back in the game, man. We hadn't did an intro in a minute, huh? It it's like we, we thought everybody just knew who we was, but... It has. But yeah. that's, that's what happens when you take over. We do the right shit. <laughs> <laughs> we do the right shit. Hey, so you know what? So today, we got an amazing guest with us. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm not even going to try to do no intro. Or anything like that. I mean, this when, man... When you got a brother as accomplished as this... Yeah, like... It, what, it, what can we do? But, but listen, but listen, you know what we're going to do? We're going we gonna to allow our wonderful guests to, to give us a little intro, tell us a little bit about yourself, and feel free to flex on our audience because we, we generally love when our guests flex a little bit. So I want to start, start here... Vince, thank you so much for the pre-interview that you, you walked me through. What and hard. Yo, I... 
I paid for that for that intro, B. Like, <laughs> yo, like you can't you can't get me this far right and go like, nah, it's closed. I've been waiting on line. Look I've at been it. like, yo, waiting on wigs. Me and Waheed done got to know each other. I thought y'all had a scam going on with this link thing, so I couldn't even get on. Right? I swear I was about to call. Yo, my tech guy is like, yo, baby, I think I signed into some like Nigerian scam. But anyway, <laughs> nothing against the Nigerians, but y'all know like everything and everybody. Italians, yo, do really well with pizza. Nigerians <laughs> was the creator of the top rate scam. But nah, we all are all jokes because, you know, people will be running at my door talking about why you talk about me like that. But I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> yo. And so everybody knows these are jokes. I'm a failed comedian. You know, started my career in entertainment um, back whew, you, you, you know, ben, I'm going to cut you off for a second. Go ahead, bro. Pe- pe- peep this out. Peep this out. You're right. You come in and make it even better. Listen, Wild Black, today we, we, we are going in on a hell of a topic, right? This brother has done so much amazing stuff. He's touched so much music that has touched you. <laughs> and, and on top of mm. that, he's inspirational as hell. Right. Mm. He's been through some things and he's come out and found a way to succeed, not just succeed, but to tear shit down. Like mm. This brother has been at the forefront of music. Feel like as long as music been around, especially coming out of Atlanta. Ooh, slow down, B. You was good until you got there. Like, slow down, you know, bro. Like, now you did. Nah, nah, nah. See? You put That's what great, happened with put, us, B. We put, get too great, much, you know? You, you get too many grandpa. people in the kitchen, on, you know? Like, yo, come on, bro. Sleep up. And we're we going to we go light on the sauce. We're going to go light yeah, on the sauce. Yeah, easy, right? easy. <laughs> but, but real talk, this brother has been around the table with Jay-Z, Khaled, Beyonce, Travis Scott, like the list is Future. long as hell, right? The moment you hit his website and, and you look at this timeline that he's got on his page, it walks you through the story of what hip hop looks like today. And the level of influence this brother has had on Absolutely. the Absolutely. And then on top of that, I know we're going to talk about it. He found himself in this position, right? This, this, this bad car wreck that to me, when I heard the story, I walked with a limp for a week. And his brother came out of that and is doing some amazingly powerful things. Benny, brother, tell the folks a little bit more about yourself. Wow, man. I don't even know how to go from there. But listen, once again, um, thank you guys so much. And I'm, I'm very appreciative and humble for you just taking the moment to even show interest in me. So first want to first give homage to you guys and your program and, and continue success. So thanks with that. Uh, I've been in entertainment for for some time now, a couple of decades, and and um, really have, have found my niche in understanding, you know, the value of music. Right. Uh, started, started in my first job, as I said earlier, um, as a comedian, right? The uh, head of promotion in New York for Motown Records had booked me. I was uh, graduating that summer from St. John's University, and um, she asked me at the end of the show, if I wanted to be her intern. And you know what? You know, nobody ever told us when we was in school what an intern was, but we always say yes. So she's like, you want to come down <laughs> to be my intern? You know, black kids didn't know nothing about no internship back then. And I was like, yeah, cool. Hell yeah, whatever so, opportunity I'm on it. Whatever it was, sound good. And I know you worked in Motown, right? So right. <laughs> whatever it is, I'm there. And um, prior to that, you know, um, I worked a lot of jobs and um, my, my uh, craft, is sales. So 
you know, doing school. I sold cutlery door to door, you know, back then, sold fax machines. Um, I worked for Citibank selling their um, financial products. So when I got to um, Motown, it was crazy. I showed up for the interview process with, uh, you know, what I knew my uniform to be was a three-piece suit, anti-shade case, and wing, black wingtips. That's how we were disciplined. So when I got there to the to to the building, everybody thought I was the feds. Like nobody dressed <laughs> like that because I'd never, you know, my aspiration wasn't music in the beginning. Right. right? We all love music. We're born in music. Like yo, music is definitely a defining moment on how we look at everything monumental in our life, from you know births to celebrations to deaths. Right? Like everything is 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 all embodied with it, but that wasn't in the beginning my quest to get to a label. So, you know, the opportunity presented itself and I stepped in at that point. So once I got in, I realized like how important it was, right, from where I come from selling products to how you could take um, someone's career and someone's life and make them a star in less than 12 weeks. Cause that was really like the runway back then when you could just take a record and running up the charts and someone who was literally nobody, right, in a 12-week span could become somebody, right? And now it's instantaneous, right? right? You can just go on, throw something up, you know, life will take on, and like you just, you know, you're a paper star, right? You're a sugar star, but you're not, you're not real, you know, however, stardom is stardom. So we can't devalue how people become successful, but it's just a different kind of spotlight that's put on them. So, you know, I, my journey at Motown was was really, really the uh, cornerstone of education for me in music because um, I think I wouldn't have it any other way if I could play my whole life back is because I was surrounded by, you know, the neighborhood, meaning like it was cultural, it was black, it was still black, right? The leadership was black, you know, um, the decisions were black, you know, um, no one allowed you to fall, you know, right? Everybody was supported. I'd had a child at that point and, um, you know, part of what uh, one of my other jobs, you know, outside of that, because I was interning for $25 a week at, mm. at Motown as a graduate. I was a graduate at St. John's University making $25 a week. And then the lady was paying me on the side, you know, always get some little something on the side. Yo, she was giving me another $25. So I was literally making $50 a week with a child, yo, rent and everything. So, you know. Damn. We had a, you know, I had a, a lot, a lot of different things I had to do. You know, I, um, I was a security guard. Um, I drove limos. Um, yeah. I even started uh, a recycling initiative in Motown, like where the interns sat. I, w- I, I got a cardboard box, and back then you remember everybody. Well, people used to drink soda all the time. It was before all this health craze nonsense stuff wasn't happening, right? But um, not not that that's nonsense. But so you know when um. I noticed that when everybody uh, would finish their their soft drink, they would just throw it in the garbage. So what I did, um, and my uh, intern space was near the uh, kitchen. So what I did is put a box. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Um, in the kitchen next to my space, and people would rinse out their cans and throw the cans in the box because at the end of the week, on Saturdays, I would come and take all of the uh, cans. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And redeem them for money, right? Mm-hmm. And what that shows the, the, the powers to be and the people, you never know who's really watching you, right? It was like, yo, this kid is humble, right? right. Yo, he's serious. Everyone knew my story. I was struggling with, you know, with my child and, you know, but um, I realized, like, I had this thing about the music business, right, that it was incredible, right, on, on how um, people were able to, to just, like, survive and grow and blossom, um, yeah. not only from just the artist's perspective, but also, you know, from the executive perspective. And, and that was my entry point into the music business. And that's an amazing, you know, set of activities to kind of, kind of root you in, in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know what? This is what we're going to do because we, we, we love to take our guests through um, <laughs> one of my favorite sections of the, of, the, of the episode. It's called our wild black shit. Mm-hmm. And basically what it is is three questions. And it's two questions to get you warmed up. But my man, Benny, you, 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 you warm already. So these, these, you're going to knock these out the park, these, these couple of questions. And then the third question is all about our signature question, and can't wait to ask you that third one. Okay, let's go. All right, first question. Suit or no suit for church? Oh, man. You know, I'm suited all. Yo, you know what? You heard that's how the brother uniform. went to the interview, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's a uniform, bro. Like, yo, bro, bro, that's a... But you know what? We switch it up. See, I think you got to rephrase that because, you know, we're going to do the fly blazer. You might rock it with some jeans now at church. It's new. Right? You can do that. <laughs> but, you know, I'm definitely going to peel a couple suits during the course of the year. So I guess suit hybrid is how I would go. <laughs> but, but, but fly nonetheless every day. There's going to be fly, but suit or suit hybrid. That's it. Yes. I definitely get, doing that. I got Tie you. always. Always tied to church. I'm with you. That makes sense. You got to balance it out, right? Yeah, B. Mm-hmm. Second question. With the experience that you have and the breadth of knowledge that you have, who would be your top five greatest rappers? You had to expect this question. Come on, B. <laughs> so we're going to start, right? You're going to go in Rock order? Him. Nah, we're going to give them out because there's no such thing as order, right? Ah, okay. So okay. This is how it comes. It's, you said five, right? Five. So you got to give Rock him. Ding. Jay. Yes. Pop. Biggie. Mm-hmm. You know what? <laughs> mm, see, now it's, it gets serious though, right? Mm-hmm, it gets really kid. serious when it's the last, the last, the last root of it. Uh, I'm going to give 3,000 that. 
Okay. I'm gonna get three thousand. I'm gonna put three thousand in there for the ATL. I li- I stay there a lot. I'm gonna get like that. that. I'm gonna give like you all that. that. I'm gonna give you all that. We'll take it. We'll take it. We'll I'm take give it. you all that. And he's bona fide, B. Like um, I love. See, you gotta also realize too, though, man. I come. So now when you get beyond that, you know, you gotta think about. You can't minimize. You know, I don't care what they say. Like, yo, Drake is. I think Drake has done an amazing commercial. Yep. Thing, but Drake, Absolutely. but Drake is a beast, though, right? Is yep. is is a rapper, right? And he doesn't get that just do. Like, yo, you know what? When you think about these young boys and the nuances, you can't run from Wayne, right? You can't. How yep. you gonna really be talking about that and and not doing it? I've never seen anybody work and write and pen is is in my entire career is future. Like, yo, dude is really a machine in that. You know, from the cultural piece on how it goes down, cannot disrespect him. Right. Like we can't. And it goes on and on and on. Right. So, you know, I'm yeah. lumping all of that in my five. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> That's and, all my five. He, now, y'all he, he picking swords, whatever. Like however seven, you edit, yeah. <laughs> however y'all edit that, however y'all edit it is. But I'm, I'm going to I'm going to leave it with that. Right. Hey, but before he hit like me, that. Art, what's your what's your five, bro? Oh, man, man. Jay. Okay. Biggie. Yeah. So after you get past the. My three, it becomes real difficult. Like it, it you start really weighing. You really start putting weight on it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's because, because it's, it's not natural. Two. It's yeah. not natural. Yeah. Five is really hard, yeah. right? Like yep. it's not natural because now you, it's difficult. Yeah, <laughs> it's difficult. I, I, I'm not. I'm. I'm just gonna say top three, bro. I'm not even gonna get into the. the <laughs> oh, you gonna two. cheat? Yeah. See, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing in. I need three. to. Yo, come on. I'm gonna put Latifah. I gotta put Latifah in there. Yo, like yo, B. Queen Latifah. <laughs> yo, why not? Come on, B. You gotta, you gotta represent everybody. <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it. Okay, okay. I'm with it. You and I, T Y. <laughs> right, bro. Where, where you at on the top five? Man, I'm, I'm real close to Benny on this. One change. So I'm with Jay, Pop, Biggie, and Three Thousand all day long. Oh, Rakim! And as hard as it was, I, I pulled Rakim out. Ooh, I had to put I had to put face in, man. Scarface for me. Scarface is dope. Ooh, yeah. Scarface. You put man. him in the top five, though. I did. Yeah, okay. you put that. Yo, yeah, that, B. That's that's heavy. That's heavy, that's bro. Heavy. Like I you did. might be on payroll. Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yo, B. Yo, I mean, there ain't no disrespect, but like, yo, that's your wow. Yeah. Ain't no disrespect because I ain't trying to get hurt by nobody. I'm a save man out here. <laughs> I, like I told everybody, these is jokes. That's my disclaimer. But don't ever walk up on me talking about yo. You said yo. I heard you on. Nah, B, I be joking. Yo, I'm, yeah. I'm a Southern boy. I'm out of Mississippi, man. I spent all this time in Houston. I went to school in Louisiana, right? I feel you. Scarface, man. All right. What do you love most about life while black? I love the fact that I'm always present, right? Like, being black, you can never hide from it, right? Yeah. Um, when people see you, you know, they have to, they, they recognize you. Because, one, you stand out. Right. And I love the fact, like, no matter what, we got our own language, we got our own code. And what is what I've learned in being black is just like it's a privilege. Right. You know, it depends on how you look at it and it depends on how you feel about it. But, man, I wouldn't give up anything other than to be who we are. Like, I, you know, the history of who we are. 
um, you know, the opportunities that we've had to create, right? Mm -hmm. You know, with mm -hmm. all the obstacles that have been presented that, you know what, we, you know, we strive and we get above. But I think also, too, you know, it um, gives us an opportunity in every sector to become closer, right? To become united, right? And to really start identifying in a better place and space with one another. So, I mean, I just love being black, man. I love the fact that, like, you know what? Pouring myself into other blacks, blacks pouring themselves into me, it feels fraternal, right? It feels community. It feels yeah. love. It feels natural. Like, I just, I just love being black, bro. Like, I don't care what's going on out here, right? Because everything that I see is, is a lesson, right? And it's a lesson that as long as we keep refining, when we keep defining, mm -hmm. we will definitely improve and grow and succeed. So I think that was way too much to say, but that's just who I, you know, just how I feel about it, right? No, not on this platform. Yeah, that's, that's a You're beautiful. supposed to expound here. And I, I like one of the things that you you, you mentioned, man, because it, it it's one of, it's an important element around us, I believe, and it's about unity, right? Like, like people say, hey, what's the strongest force that, that can happen in the black community is if we unify. And the way you kind of structured that response was around, you know, all the dimensions that we operate in. And if we continue to progress in each of those areas, it just makes us become closer together and, and ultimately unify. I think that's absolutely true. We, we definitely get there, right, and speak, but actions is where we have to work, yep. right? And, I, and, and part of it, is, you know, when you think about it, and I love what you guys have done, and I love, like, what, what the power of the internet, right, and the communities that you can create. Because, you know, I look at it in a lot of fronts, right? I look at, as black folks, we don't do enough for each other, right? That one that gets through doesn't go in and open the door for everybody else. Yeah. What they do is they shut the door, right? And you got to text and call, and, you know, I peep out the window, right? And if, and if I feel like it, I'm going to let you in. As opposed to when you get in, it's mandatory that you got to bring one, two, three, four, five people, right? Mm -hmm. and, and ultimately, you get a lot of that service, what I've seen in corporate. You get a lot of that lip service. But, you know, black folks also like being that peacock, right? You like everybody coming to you. Mm -hmm. You like being the only one in the room. You like being the only one that people, you know, come to depend on those folks, right? As opposed to realizing, like, you know, what... What, what bestows on you to also help the rest of us and is greater and bigger than you, right? Yeah. For all of those who don't think about giving, right? Because the ones who do, we're not talking to you. It's like being in a church, right? When the pastor's talking about, oh, you dirty and nasty, you know, if you, if you live <laughs> if you living right, he ain't talking to you, right? right? But if you nasty, you know it's you. <laughs> like that right? message resonates with you, you always right? be burning you yeah. up right and um at state farm we're committed to uplifting black futures in collaboration with organizations like 100 black men and national urban league state farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I just, I just think, um, unfortunately for us, we haven't quite got as a whole, the value of all the lessons of togetherness, right? 
Yeah. And the suffering of what what has happened, you know, decades and centuries for us, right? And we all just look to, you know, applaud one or two or three or four or five that that get through, but that really doesn't kind of come down to, you know, the base level of where we all are at because, you know, people would be quick to say, oh, but didn't you guys have a black president? <laughs> Damn, <laughs> that's all I get? <laughs> yeah. right. right? I get a right. poster in my, you know what I mean? Like I get a poster in my living room about some real economic empowerment, right? And we get, that's that's a whole different conversation. But I think like where we are and the consciousness of where we are and the generation, this generation is really important. And what you guys are doing and people like you which which gives hope is like everyone has a voice now, right? Yeah. You tap into thousands of people, millions of people now, which that voice didn't exist um, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. So, you know, everyone has a platform to, if and if your platform is just 5, 10, 15 people, that's more than you could get to before, right? right? So, but the messaging has to be right. And, and I think like now we have to just adop, adopt what's important for all of us to subscribe to, right? Like we definitely have to get a true hymnal, right? Cause yo, the messaging be like all over and <laughs> inconsistent and like, you know, cats yeah. just be talking and yapping and taking that money and yo, lying <laughs> and you know what I mean? Buffoonery, coonery, all of that, right? So, yeah. so I think like, you know, as we um as we progress, we also need to be responsible and know that, you know, there are people in the community that really do need us to contribute, really do need us to help, right? Really do need that message from yeah. us, right? Who who make it through and don't be selfish. Don't be the only one, baby. Like, don't do that. Yo, help out. Right. Do your part. Do your part. So, bro, we're going we gonna to move to our dope quote section of the, of the show. Um, and basically what we do here is we, we generally have a, a, a quote by um, someone black, mostly. Um, but it's usually something profound or something that is 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 rooted in in progress or something that's just really cool to think about and, and provide a perspective on it. So today's quote is success is to be measured not so much by the position that one has reached in life, but is by the obstacles which he has overcome while trying to succeed. Booker T. Washington. Tell us, tell us what you think about that. Um, I think it's spot on. If if you think about it, right, it's it's not just about, you know, at the end of the game, the win, right? Yeah. It's 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 the journey, you know, in the four quarters that that actually prove the value of who you are and and what you're about and how you actually um, are able to work in a unit or work on a team. Right. And that is the true success. Right. Is, you know, is is the is being able to maneuver and and direct and and have vision. Right. Through all mm -hmm. things. And that goes kind of goes back to, you know, like my my book um, on impact, which um, the title of it is is on impact. And it, and it came to me from. A situation that I was in a car accident, a near-death car accident, um, six years ago, where I hit a tree at ninety miles an hour. Right? Oh man! Massive, massive concussion, L three, L four, L five vertebrae fracture, 
bulging disc in my back, um, uh, lacerated my liver. Uh, also, we hit the tree so hard that I lost two feet of my small intestine, right? Mm. And, and the challenge between all of that is in, in was, was the pain that I was in um, when the police came with the jaws of life to, to take me out. I realized at that point that, you know, I wasn't ready to go because I hadn't prepared my family properly, right? So, you know, the power of the mind, the mind is a powerful, powerful tool. So through all of that pain, right, and being in a coma for three or four days, you know, um, I survived with, with the effort and knowing, like, it was important for me to survive, not for the betterment of me, but for for my family. Mm. And and I think, you know, that's an isolated personal situation that, you know what, you can be in control or out of control because obviously it was God's will for me still to be here right. or I wouldn't be, right? Yeah. But the obstacle, right, because when you're in those circumstances, you really can lose the will, right? You can really drift and go on. Like when they say, go on home, like you really, really can go home. And and the book, you know, the accident, what, what it did was it gave me a book, right? Because it changed my life. And it gave me an opportunity um, to be more directed, directed on what God chooses me to be. Like, you know, what I learned in that process was I no longer um, um, wanted to waste my time. And mm. waste my time is, you know, pouring into people of no value. Wasting your time is, you know, whether it's, you know, spending time uh, watching TV, you know, whether it's chatting on the phone, whether it's swiping left or right, right? Um, because all I had was time, right? To yeah. process and realize what the value of what time is, right? And, and that's all we really have here on this journey of life is, is our time. Yeah. So spending more time with my family, spending more time with my, with, and, and that's my immediate family. You know, my mom, she has Alzheimer's, making sure that she's straight um, and, and driving, you know, my family forward. Yeah. You know, one of the mm-hmm. things that I thought about as I, as I pulled that quote, and I knew based on your story it was going to resonate, was that y- you made a line, right? You, you said that you're here, obviously, because God wanted you to stay here. Mm-hmm. But also what, what I want to make sure our listeners get is through your story, you talked about a, a bunch of things to overcome, right? You talked about mm-hmm. a lot of things that would make a lot of people change their mind about the direction that they're pointing, right? Not just a car wreck. That was, that was a major one, right? Mm-hmm. But even before that, having a child, making 25 then $50 a week, a lot of people would have said, I need to go in a different direction, right? Even showing up for the job interview dressed in a manner that didn't fit the job you're going after, right? But you knew that there was something else that you wanted in life. And one of the things that I think is really, really key with what you've done is you've always kept yourself very focused on what the next goal was, right? It keeps you in the game, right? God brought you back. God's helped you survive that accident. But there's also something that God placed inside of you that allows you to keep on driving, literally, physically, emotionally. And I really want that to come out in the interview today. When I heard your story, 
about the accident, 90 miles an hour, the lacerated liver, the two feet of intestine. I mean, these are things that change people's lives, oftentimes for the worse, right? But mm-hmm. in your case, you stayed true to the path. You, you looked at that situation and you pulled something even more from it. You added something else to your, to your resume, right? You added on impact. You became an author behind something that could have taken most people out, changed their life for the worst. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. And that's one thing that I want to make sure our listeners get from this episode. And that's nothing has to stop you until you decide to be stopped, right? That you have choices here. As long as God keeps breath in your body, you have choices about how you take the steps that you take forward. And so with that, I want to step in and and ask the first question. I'm going to do things a little bit different than we normally do. Most of the time, we start small and we, we get more broad. But I want to ask the broad question now because I think you're so good at taking those emotions, those feelings, those experiences, and then boiling them down to the words that really matter. So with all that you've been through, right, the, the accident, child, money, all the things that you've managed, considering all the things that you've done, what is your message to every person listening right now? Right? If you had to boil it down to the, the one thing you wanted to make sure every person with an earshot of this podcast playing got from you, what would that be? Integrity. Mm. When I look at my life from as young as I can remember to actually now being on this podcast, you know, I look at what, what folks really look At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. To me too, and that's integrity. Like, and, and that's something that was instilled in me by my mom, right? My mother, Sister Janie Pugh, right? Uh, and we know those, we know those Christians, right? <laughs> my mom's <laughs> a devout Christian. Yes, indeed. She was um, the woman that, guess what, if, if you stole a bike and ran in the house and the police were coming, Mama, I'm hiding under the bed. Don't tell them I'm here. 
she's going to go. He's hiding under the bed. Yo, that's God's will, mm. right? Because she was never going to compromise her integrity for anyone, not even her blood. And that resonated. And you learn the power of that. Once you're rooted in, in who you are and what you are and what you stand for, mm. nothing else matters. So right. it doesn't matter whether, you know, you make a million dollars or you make a hundred dollars, right? You just have to do what's right. And when you do what's right, you take the rewards because you're happy and you're satisfied for what, what is for you. Right. Where we get distracted is we start looking at everything else for someone else and wondering why I don't have it. Say that. Or why that's not me. Because it's not for you. Mm. Right? And in essence, for me, I decided a long time ago, right? And especially getting an entertainment which can turn you upside down, spaghetti, noodle, twisted, all round and round, right? And you can find yourself just adrift. Mm. No. I stayed focused on, on what I've been taught and who I am and what, in essence, doing this journey, right? People have come to depend on, yo, Benny's truth, right? right. Because people can handle long as they know what it is. What, what, you know, and that's what makes great bosses, right? Or great leaders or, or um, you know, people who are in directions of power is that you learn to to depend on their truth. If it's yes or no, you can now prepare. When you don't know, that's when things become gray. So for me, it's always been important on in standing for what I stand for, regardless of what the outcome. Yeah. And that has allowed me to move a long way, right? Because yeah. there are no shortcuts. Yeah. And I don't want the shortcuts. You know, doing my... My tenure in music, there were opportunities. Is a company that I worked for, um, you know, uh, they wanted me to move from the West Coast to the East Coast, and I took a pay cut of, of um, you know, six figures because at that point, living on the West Coast, I wasn't connected to any family, any friends, no energy. It was just not the right mix for me, right? Yeah, yeah. You can't strive if it's not right. And it works for some people. It just didn't work for me, right? Yeah. That's not the energy that I needed. So when the opportunity came, they were like, what do you make? You can't make that. And I was like, cool. And you know what? In essence, taking that six-figure pay cut, I've made that. Yo, 30 times X mm. because I was in a in a in an environment where I could strive, you know, where I could create, where my mind with a position, if it was just about money, I would have died right out there. <laughs> Figuratively, right? right? And potentially literally, right? Right? Because the value of of the essence and core of who I am would have changed my whole life. I wouldn't be here with you guys. Cause that's not that's not the direction that that would have led me to. It wasn't for you. But, that wasn't for me. So you can't be afraid on, on being unapologetically you. And that's what's really important. And when I talk a lot about that in my book, right, um, is, is how you deal with, with, with opportunities, right? Mm. And deciding and, and realizing, you know, what's for you and what's not and how you actually create, you know, those radars, yeah. right? How do you get a better sense of, 
of understanding, you know, who I am and what my value is and what's important and what's really important for this life, for this journey, for me. Yeah. Right. And once yeah. you get that, you have a your that becomes then your your compass yeah. on how you move. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. then you have, you know, like, hey, guess what? I'm gonna wait a little longer, right? This isn't the opportunity, so I'm not gonna force it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm not gonna make a short-term investment. Yeah. No, I'm gonna wait for something that's gonna take me where I need to go. I think there's something there's something really, really important in there. One, there are a couple of things you said that I love. It's, mm-hmm. it's always, always a great time to remind people to be who they are supposed to be, right? Because that's who mm-hmm. you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love that you said there are no shortcuts because I say that there's a lesson in the long route, right? Sometimes take the scenic route because mm-hmm. there's something for you to learn. But the most important thing that I, I want to dive into a little bit more, and so much hinges on this, you mentioned everything's not for you, right? So how do people truly identify what is for them? Right? How do they stop wasting time in areas that may be attractive, may be sexy, may be trendy, but not for them? How do they find that real space that they should be in? Well, you have to, you have to, you have to back into your goals, right? You have to look at your exit, right? You have to know where the finish line is, and and what's the, you know, what's the course that's going to get you there, right? Like if if you're running a marathon, then you can't give your you can't give your all. Yo, know, the first two miles, yeah. like just because people are cheering, which I did that. I ran a marathon, right? Pacing myself <laughs> too fast because I didn't train properly, right? And ultimately, you I realize, like, okay, yeah, like you realize, like, yo, guess what? I got to finish this race. Mm-hmm. Now the race is harder because you didn't prepare and didn't think about the finish line, right? Yeah. You only thought about, you know, um, the the instant gratification of everyone clapping, right? And you got caught up in the momentum and the cheese smile and the waving of your hands as opposed to like, yo, this is 26 miles and it's real, right? <laughs> and, and ultimately, knowing the course is, is that. And okay, so like, how do we get a little more granular with that? It's, it's like, you got to put time limits on everything, right? Whether now some have longer and shorter windows, shelf life, Right. But you don't never want to stay past the expiration date, yeah. right? Like yeah. you just don't want to do that. You're not going to walk, yo, travel for a month, come home, and just grab that milk, right? So, yeah, right. So if you've been at a job that hasn't recognized you, hasn't hasn't give you any any accolades, yo, hasn't talked about yo your future at the company, yeah. right? And it's 18 months has gone by, and you've been busting your hat. People have been taking all your credit. Like, guess what? I know you like it because it's. Google, or oh, I know you like it because it's, you know what, label X. I know you like it because you get into part, oh, but guess what? That ain't for you. Yep. Right. Yep. <laughs> they right. don't show you like, yo, we don't, that's cool. We don't you, value you. You know you. what? You, dis- you discount labor. That's all. You just discount labor. And we know you don't want nothing more than that. So you're going to wake up one day, seven years from the day, and realize you're in the same position because they've already bought you. <laughs> right? With seven years already, left to live. Yes. <laughs> you already bought. Because at this point, we don't have to give you more. Right. Yeah. Because you don't want more for you. Yeah. Right. You don't demand because you more. Because right. exactly. you haven't said stop gaps. I mean, anybody who does stocks or any, yo, stop gaps. Yo, at this point, if I fall below this, I'm done. Yep. yep. <laughs> right? And so you have to look at your career or your personal life 
right? Or whatever it is that's important to you and decide like, guess what? This is when I have to make this decision on this. Mm. I have to make this decision on this and put it in your outlook. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) Yo, a reminder. I've been with this dude for five years. He still hasn't talked about engagement. Mm-hmm. Then why do you think he's going to talk about it on year six? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Every job review, my boss never speaks to me about growth or more money. Four years in. Well, why do you think he or she is going to do that eight years in? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you get merit increases. You get in the minimal. We like you. But you're not, you're not going to be one of us. Don't leave, right. but if you do, it's okay, too. Yo, that's all right. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's all right. That's, that's a, what it means. That's a, that's a hell of a devaluation. Right. That's, what, that's right what it means. That's what that's it means. That's all right. Yeah. Hey, hey Benny, Hello. one of the things, man, as, as I'm listening to you, one, I'm, I'm super intrigued, right? So mm-hmm. I want to ask another functional question, and, and I'm, I'm going to set it up like this. You're a music executive, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and you do a, a ton other, right? I mean, I, I know there's real estate and public mm-hmm. speaking. Mm-hmm. You mentioned stocks, mm-hmm. wine, art. You, you do a ton, but you're, you're, most, you're most commonly known as a music executive, right? All day. Yes, sir. And we in this country, and dare I say probably other parts of the world, have a, have a horrible habit of creating boxes around people, right? You're mm-hmm. a rapper. You're a singer. You're a ball mm-hmm. player. You're a businessman. You're a banker. You're a lawyer, something to that effect. We set these boxes around people. And no matter how talented they are, no matter how much they want to be something else, no matter how good they are at something else, that's the box we keep them in. But you have broken out of that box, right? The book on impact is another step in breaking out of that box. So we're going to talk about the book in a moment. But I'd love to get some insight from you on how you created a brand and forced it on people in, a, in the capacity that allowed them to let you out of that box. To not just say, nah, I'm not going to listen to him. We're not going to let him public speak because he makes music, right? He signs acts. How did you get past that box of limitations that we love to put people in? Um, for me, I, I've, I've had a diverse um, employment history. Like, before entering into the music business, I think I had a count don't quote me, but somewhere around 48 jobs, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, man. man. I've had a total of, yeah, like 60 jobs, like this lifetime. I mean, wow. like real W-2 kind of, right. you know, like real jobs, right? So, you know, there's jobs, you know, back in the day, back in the day, there was opportunities. There were far more um, opportunities as far as is employment than they are are now because obviously automation um, is is dwindled a lot. When you think about the the basics of you know things that kids will afford, like part of what I talk about in my book and on on impact is my journey through life, starting as a newspaper boy at eleven to now being you know a full blown um, entrepreneur, and it gives you an undercurrent of of um, my journey through um, each of these settings and um, with an undercurrent of, of music, right? And impact stands for um, ingenuity, mastery, pivot, 
authenticity, communication, and, and teamwork, right? So, you know, that's um, how I kind of, you know, pull that all together, right? Given six chapters for people for concepts of if Benny could do it, I could do it too, right? And give you real life lessons and stories on how to make, you know, all of these decisions and choices. And, you know, so for me, my lessons and experiences from all of these jobs kind of like molded me, right? And you don't need 60 jobs to have an an understanding, but but realizing how I got here was was knowing back to where we were in the beginning. It's all about hard work, right? You know, racism does exist, sexism does exist, but you know what? Everybody wants a winner. They don't care. (laughs) If you an earner, they don't care, bro. Right. So ideally for me, what I realized in when I started in music that there were no salt and pepper hair black men in in the business, I knew I couldn't retire as a black man in the music business, which if you look around, right, all the three major distribution and, you know, made a seven or eight major labels, there's only one African-American woman that, you know, sits at the helm of a, of a, of a major um, label, right? And I saw that decades ago that that opportunity didn't exist. So what I decided to do was be in control of my own destiny. And that's when I started investing in real estate, right? So every bonus that I made for the last 20 years or so, I bought a piece of property, whether it was a Mm. condo, whether it was a three family home, whether it was a nine family. And at one point I owned a whole city block, right? Um, Of 30 units from corner to corner, because you know what? That became part of what I needed to do for myself, to be in control. And and it made me, so think about it. I had two plan A's when I was in music. I was a full-time exec and I was also building a music, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, a real estate portfolio. And what that portfolio did, it changed my mindset about work. Like it gave me freedom. When you, when that money, yo, the, that residual income, right? And, and ownership, if that's, that's what's so important when you ask. It's very rudimentary. It's not as profound as you think. What's what's kept me in not being put in a box is ownership, mm. right? You address, when I go to the bank, yo, you're going to talk to me differently, right? When I go for a job, you're going to deal with me differently on my terms. And understand, you go into a company and you have to be a part of it, right? But also, you still are who you are, right? You can't go in and not want to do what they want you to do, but you can stand for who you are and help move the company in the right direction, right? That's what you become an agent of change when you go to a, with a company, right? If you got a vision and a purpose, you right. become an agent of change. Right. You're just not a worker, right? Because you bring in your values to the value system to make to make a to make a difference, um, hopefully, yeah. right? And and ideally, um, that's what's been you know, important as, as I've created my businesses and also mentoring and bringing up young executives. Right. And I don't look at myself as, as a, as a, as a, as a music executive more so than a, than a team builder. Right. Like because that. I've created amazing team of, of minority executives um, that are gone on now to be the heads of departments, heads of companies, very successful labels, Right, because we we were a unit, right, and yeah. we we held each other up, right. No man left behind, no woman left behind. Concept like when you started working with me from day one, 
are taught you about financial literacy. You had to buy, you had to buy something, a condo, a house. Like you're not gonna make this money and just be wearing Gucci. <laughs> like you're not gonna do this mm. and just have a Benz. Like you're not gonna do that. You can't work for me and do that. Now you can have all of those things after right. you have some ownership because the ownership is what keeps you moving. That's what really, when you wake up, you feel good about knowing this is mine. And yeah. that opens your mind to think beyond, yo, the man is going to come take this away from me. Yeah. So that's the answer to that. Man, I love that. Something you, I love two plan A's. That jumped out at me. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I want to do <laughs> is, man, you there's so much inside of you, right? So I want to talk about On Impact a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and, and correct me if I'm wrong, the full title is On Impact, Life, Leadership, and Almost Losing It All, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, right. sir. Yes, so sir. The way I love to, to take these next 10, 15 minutes is uh-huh. I'd like to take life, leadership, and almost losing it all mm-hmm. and do a, a semi-deep dive in each one of those areas, right? Because you chose those words to modify your title for a reason. So there's mm-hmm. something behind them. So we heard the story of the crash at 90 miles an hour, mm-hmm. the impact, the jaws of life, right? I think everyone mm-hmm. can, can almost imagine that moment if, if, if for nothing else, seeing it on TV, how dramatic, how real, how painful that it had to be. And coming out of that, you thought about these three categories. Mm-hmm. So for each one, starting with life, let, let's talk about one. What's popping, guys? It's JG here from Blowing Smoke. If you're a fan of fun, insightful, and breakthrough conversations, then be sure to check out and subscribe to the Blowing Smoke podcast, a show that covers life experiences and firsthand testimonies from some of the biggest names in your favorite industries. And all that brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip hop, powered by creators. What went into life becoming part of the book? And two, what are the lessons you want someone to know and learn about life? It's a great question, right? And you're the first to ask that. <laughs> so, awesome. so thank that. you for that, right? And life, um, I looked at it from, from a holistic perspective, right? Um, never had any real challenges. You know, we've all had, you know, um, our problems or, or situations that might not have gone our way right. doing, our, doing life. And that's just life as a whole, right? But for me, what I realized that um, I was given a lot, right? Like God had, had blessed me with, with, with a great journey. And I realized that I hadn't given him anything back. And it was, it was interesting. I kind of think like he um, put me in a perspective. When I first moved from L.A. and my son, from L.A. to New York and my son, he was, um, he got sick. He was like eight, nine years old. He got sick. And we took him to the doctor. The doctor um, gave him a test and realized like uh, he wasn't getting better. So she gave him another test and realized he wasn't getting better. So at this point, um, what we found out, he had protein in his urine. And, and for those who know, you know, that's, that's uh, uh, indicative of diabetes, right? And I remember coming home, and it was the first time, um, you know, as a black man, we not, I, I can't say all, but like, I just came up in a very uh, uh, 
traditional Southern Black home where emotions, you know, my father was yeah. just, you know, that that Black man, right? Like, I've never seen him cry a day in my life, even when he stood over my, de- my bed when I was in the hospital. And, you know, when you're in a bed, in the condition of coming out of a coma for three days, opened my eyes probably like four days later, and and I saw him standing over me, and I looked at him, and you never think about like simple things, like there are no mirrors, and when you're when you're in the bed, and the first thing I saw was was his face, and him looking at me, and me looking at him, and the sad, and the weight on his face, right that. Um, I knew I was really excused. I knew I was fucked up, right? Yeah. At that point. And and then and I decided like I couldn't take the um all of the emotions for everyone coming in looking at me wasn't gonna help me get better. So I stopped people from seeing me because I needed to be alone in order to be able to get through this, or I wouldn't, because I couldn't take the energy from everyone the sadness, the weight. So back to my son, though. So when um, the doctor suggested, okay, so you need to take him to St. Barnabas uh, Hospital where they, you know, they they gear kids up for uh, the diabetes instruments. And, right. and I remember being at home and I dropped to my knees and I just cried. I just cried. Like, Lord, why him? Why not me? Like, I'd had so much, right? Like, I would be willing to, Give me the diet. You know, our kids, you know, parents, right. give it to me. Why him? And I remember God saying to me, right, you've gi- I've given you everything and you've given me nothing. Mm. And mm. what it came to me was, what he meant was, I had not tithed. Like when you've given a lot, you got to give a lot. Mm. Yeah, You can't just take and not give. It doesn't work. Right. So in life, for me, I realized all of that came rushing back to me. Right. At that moment. Right. Like you have to be the giver. Right. And I've I've been a part of that club, but I haven't given enough. Mm. So my purpose now is to give all I got in every aspect of life. Everything that I have has to go. Right, pour it into those who need it. Mm. Pour it into those who don't want it, but give it right mm. and be the vehicle for that. So that's what the life aspect of it was. I love for me that. was realizing how much more I needed to give. Right, and that's where the pivot in my life from being out of corporate to being here now. Because being in corporate wouldn't be I wouldn't be this because I'm corporate. Right. So the life that I need to live has to be in the state that I'm in in order to give. And what God is preparing for me is there, the table is there waiting. And in order to do that, I have to give it all, leave it all on the field. Mm. Leadership has been important because I, I must say I've had some amazing mentors, um, an amazing family, amazing friends, right? And I've learned a lot of lessons that I've been able to um, replicate and realize the value of of being that one. Like, you know, growing up in corporate, you don't last three decades in corporate, right, and not know what you're doing. 
<laughs> right. Right? Like, you just, it ain't that it much work in like the world. That. It just don't get down like that way, right? right? But but was what was important is making sure that that I tooled an army of folks that also, right, could be independent, teaching them how to fish and feed themselves, right? Not feeding them. Yo, you got to learn how to fish. Like, we hear all of these adages and, you know, all of this texting and, and, and lessons that growing up, you got to apply them. Like, what is the purpose of me being um, in a leadership position if I don't teach you everything I know? They're not going to keep me forever, right? They're not going to keep me for a short time, right? In essence, because that's just not how the corporate situation works. And it's a different set of rules for us. And we know that, right? right, right. As, yep. as much as we want it to be better. And, and you know what? It is, right? In certain circumstances or not, but as a whole, there's always a fight because it's not equal. It's just not. And when people start addressing it's not equal, then things can get better because it's that truth we're talking about. Yo, just tell me it's not equal, man. Now I know how to deal with you. But don't tell me it's equal, but you know it's not. And you just playing with a different set of rules that you want to include me in on, right? Yeah. That's misleading. Yeah. Right? So with leadership is giving everyone the nuances on how to play the game that they play in, but be all the way convicted on who you are. Don't you wave off that line. Right? <laughs> you may, you know, sway a little left. Sway a little right, mm -hmm. but don't you get off that line that's designated for you. You stay on that line, right? Because that's important, and the leadership for me is important, right? It's, it's, it, it, it matters that we are, um, you know, a generation of, 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 of people to understand the value of knowing the art of being a corporate citizen a good mom or dad, a good Christian, or whatever faith it is that you subscribe to, right. right? And get back to community. And that comes from, you know, those of us who've already learned to now help everyone else elevate. And that's important in leading, right? Because guess what? It's two sets, leaders and followers, right? And followers mm -hmm. need to be led until they become leaders. Mm. Right. Yep. Right? Yep. <laughs> It's nothing wrong with you being a follower until you learn your course on how to lead, right? Yeah. You can't know what you don't know, but you the leader, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yo, there's people, I'm not no follower. Well, how you, how you not a follower, right? Like, so you know everything is what you're saying. So that's a bad way of looking at it, right? Perspective. So you follow until you learn how to lead. And, and that's important. And, and that's the message that I push in the book, right, is, is learning like you don't know everything, right? Yeah. And, and it's okay not to. And, you know, as black men, we have to learn that it's okay not to know. Right. And to ask, right, yes. and be yes. humble and acquiesce and say I'm sorry and say I didn't mean it or I didn't know, right? And that's going to help us be better with one another, yep. right? When we can just deal with truth. I right? love that. Mm. And almost losing it all was, was um, I, I touched on the point earlier, was that I almost left my family in, in probably uh, the worst situation they could have ever been in was being without me. 
and me being the person of all of what I've done, I've sheltered and shielded them, right, to be dependent on me. So the lessons, and it's not, it's not something that you that you try to do. You just realize that you're doing it, right? Like that's what alphas are. That's what, you know, that's what that's what the leaders are, right? That's what men are, right? Or that's what women are, right? Who are the ones who are providers, like, you know, making sure that you have it all under control. But what about without you? Yeah. And I realized, yeah. like, you know, there are a lot of things that I just didn't have in place properly, having the business in order, which was, you know what? Because I never thought about, you know what, not being here. So almost losing it all was symbolic of, like, yeah, I really would have almost lost it all. And, and that would have been the destiny for those behind me um, in my family. Um, not having the true direction of, of, of where they need to go and how they need to move without me. Yeah. Right? Like, without me. Because the legacy is how you do when I'm not here, not while I'm here. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's indicative in every aspect of life. You know, when I was in the hospital and out of work, my team delivered number one records because you know what? They were taught. And they, yo, they understood. And like, yo, yo, they were able to step in and, yo, call the plays because guess what? All they was waiting for was an opportunity to start. Why? Because I trained them that way. Yeah. And my family, the same, needed to be trained in that way. Right? My friends needed to understand, like, guess what? You're important. Right? I needed like to realize like as as I've been um moving um in entertainment that you know what I wasn't as good as a Christian as I should have been, right? Meaning like, you know what, I should have gave more time. I should have gave more of me. So almost losing it all put me at a at, at a site, but I was there, but given an opportunity. So since I didn't lose it all, meaning I'm still here, now I gotta give it all. I love that. Wow. Brother, I love that. I, I can't think of a better way to close out than with that line. So, yeah, that was powerful. Brother, we, man, we appreciate you being here. You laid it out. The thing that we always do at the end of our episodes is we give the mic to our guest and we let you tell the listeners whatever it is that you want to tell them. Share with them how to follow you, how to interact with you, how to get their hands on the book and take us home. Listen, man, y'all have done an amazing job and and I'm really thankful for this opportunity, right? And the and the platform that you guys have provided um for me. Uh my socials, uh bennypew.com. I can always be reached at. Um, you know, as as well as my book on impact, uh, pre-order goes up in January 2021. Um, new app. Um, part of a tech company, which, you know, old guy doing young things now, right? Have an app in, in beta, uh, social media app where it's, it's, it's amazing. A young kid named is Antoine McLaughlin um, brought me this opportunity, young, young African-American out of Columbia, South Carolina, which this is going to revolutionize 
you know, the social media space where you're able to um, monetize your con- your content in in a micro setting, right? So our platform mm-hmm. allows you to um, make a post of up to forty pieces of content and ten one minute video, mm-hmm. and the power is in the user's hand to set the price of what the content is. So look at us as more of a Amazon of content. I like that. Offer for free or either up to ninety nine dollars, but you know, the content creator is the one that's in control of what the set and the value of the price of the content is. And and on, on a final note, man, I just want to say, like, once again, you know, all praises to God um, and all that he's done for me and you and and the listeners, right, and keeping us protected and keeping us holy and, and putting the blood on top of us and, mm. and realizing that every day is important, right? And you're only preparing... Um, today for a, a better tomorrow so yeah. live it live it wise love it love it long and be joyful for every moment that you have with family and friends man i love that <laughs> damn i love that all right you got anything brother hey man i just love it a lot of nuggets of life in in this episode and it's just some appreciation for, for you blessing our listeners with with some nuggets that they can take into their daily lives to actually enhance and, and be true to them a thank you and listeners, uh, do you do your homework with this with this content? We just we just yeah. blessed you <laughs> with. Yeah, yeah. I think there are some episodes that are just great to listen to, and there are some that are great to listen to and leave you with functional things to do, tangible things to do that can create a positive impact in your world almost immediately. This has to be one of our best ones to do that. Yeah. Benny laid out some things today that you should really consider. Right. A lot of them stuck out to me. Right. Knowing what's for you. Two plan A's. There are no shortcuts. Right. These are things that I think sometimes we forget, especially in the day and time in which we live today, when everything is about convenience. Everything is microwavable to a point. <laughs> he talked about the impact of doing it the right way, being committed, living life in a manner in which you exhaust everything that's been put into you because that's what you're supposed to do. That's when you feel life as, as full, right? That's the feeling that we're striving for when you feel empty. It's because I don't think you're giving enough, right? And I, I don't want to keep going because I can't do it any better than Benny did. So with that, Benny, thank you again, brother. Wild Black, we love you. Peace. We out. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.